Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Illinois survives at Northwestern 59-56. It's Jeremy Warner, Derek Piper live at Welsh Ryan Arena where we got a second game going on, Derek. I don't know if you're scouting age six through eight or something, probably a little good than that uh, on the Northwestern court. But we saw some ugly basketball uh, early on in, in this one, actually most of the game in this one. But Illinois finds a way to survive. Northwestern finds a way to lose late as Illinois goes on a huge 13-2 run to end up getting this victory. A late chase, or late uh, Boo Booey three makes it look a little bit closer, but huge response from Illinois. The King returns, and Illinois needed all 22 points and nine rebounds from Kofi Govern after missing the previous two games. This is ugly, Derek, just like the end of the game against Michigan State was ugly. But I think for Illinois, you kind of take the Finding Nemo and just say, just keep winning, <laughs> just keep winning. And that's what they did. Uh, and now Illinois has won 22 of their last 25 games against Big Ten opponents. And these ugly ones on the road at a bad opponent, these, these are the ones that help you win a, a conference championship. Yeah, no doubt. It's currently 22-12 to 12 in Betty basketball, three minutes till halftime. So it's about on par with the, the game we saw prior to this. But uh, certainly when you look at Northwestern this season and played in a ton of close games, this is exactly what they've their entire season is made of, being in the game down the stretch and not being able to close. Illinois had a lot to do with that defensively. I thought they were, uh, for the most part, pretty darn good throughout the day. And then especially late, uh, take away the buoy garbage time three, and Northwestern only made one shot in the final five and a half minutes. So uh, Illinois buckled down. They survived a, a sweaty game where uh, there's some issues that continue to pop up in terms of some offensive lulls. But uh, Kofi being Kofi, 22 points and nine rebounds for the most part was too much for Northwestern to handle inside. And uh, just some moments of different guys popping up late, uh, that being DeMonte Williams with quite a elevation and slam. That was the play of the game. But uh, Podjemski and R.J. Melendez having the, earning the trust from Brad Underwood to play late in that game I thought was a big story. And we coming off the game when Luke Goody flashed against Michigan State. So uh, that's what you need to do is just – Take care of business, put that, that win in the column and continue to move on. And now you got a huge stretch, Wisconsin, Indiana, Purdue. Uh, and, yeah, that's, that's what Big Ten champions are made of, of just finding ways to win. And we won't apologize for two wins under 60 this week, but uh, they're two Ws. That's right. Uh, you just find a way to win these games. I mean, this is kind of what Wisconsin seems to do all the time. Also, uh, good time for DeMonte Williams to remind Illini fans why he's so valuable. Uh, some huge plays I want to get into, but – it shows like Kofi Coburn can cover up so many flaws there. 22 points on a night. The rest of the team shoots 12 of 34. Uh, Illinois shot 5 of 18 from 3, and they made most of those early on in the game. So uh, just a huge presence to bring him back. And 
cover up those flaws and not have Trent Frazier to have to go nuts or Benjamin Bossman's Verdonk and Omar Payne to have to play beyond their capabilities. Like Omar Payne came in, gave you some good defensive minutes, uh, but Coburn was just absolutely dominant. They need him, and I think today is another reminder of why they need Andre Curbelo. When, when the offense goes in these slumps like they did late against Michigan State, like they did in the second half outside of Kofi, um, this is when they need Curbelo to get easy buckets. And that's the thing is this team's 8-2 and two halfway through Big Ten play, and they haven't even been complete yet. I know we keep repeating that. But to get the big man back, Derek, like you survived. You won a game against Michigan State and what is an epic win for Illinois. But you need that guy. Like You absolutely need that guy. And he showed why. Um, you know, him, Johnny Davis, you know, some other players involved are the Big Ten player of the year race. Yeah, definitely. And you wrote it after the Maryland game, thinking about life without Kofi. And I sat there at some point in the second half and when he's not on the floor and when Illinois was struggling to score, and it's like, imagine when you can't get an easy 20 and 10, like out of your big man. It, there's just some other things for Illinois that he opens up, whether it be production for himself or forcing the double teams, which creates some open looks from three, which Illinois, on the whole, they went five of 18 from deep, so not capitalizing on a ton uh, of those opportunities in general, but he's... Getting fouls. Yeah. I mean, think about getting to the free throw line in this game late. Uh, you're able to get to the free throw line. You're in the bonus, I think, with 10 minutes left. He drew six fouls in the first five minutes of the second half to get you into the bonus. It was huge. Melendez made two free throws with 10 minutes left that end up being huge. Williams with uh, some big free throws down the stretch. That's huge to, to get those fouls, get Pete Nance on the bench for minutes. Um, something we might overlook sometimes, too, so I want to throw that in. Yeah, definitely. Nance went to the bench like 30 seconds into the second half with his third foul, so that was a, a significant play as well. And to your point about Curbelo, it's another guy that is really difficult to guard one-on-one. -on -one. So it breaks down the defense, it forces help, it forces rotations, uh, cheating off the corners, and that just allows other guys to get open shots. And while teams are following the crap out of Alfonso Plummer and trying to cut off Trent Frazier's driving lanes or just bottle him up in the pick and roll, Curbelo uh, can, can open up some looks for different guys. So uh, to that point, that's why you see this game as another example of why you need him back. And, and really, Curbelo and Kofi in the pick and roll, I mean, that, that can open up Kofi even more. I didn't see a whole lot of that today, uh, really in terms of hitting the roll guy or throwing lobs and stuff. Uh, that's been fairly limited. But yeah, Kofi's a He's a dominant force. He's a cheat code, and especially for a team like Northwestern, can't really do anything with him. Yeah, before we get to the freshman, which who stepped up huge, another time the last two games a freshman has stepped up, and this time it was two of them. DeMonte Williams, man, uh, five points, nine rebounds, three assists. Again, that doesn't speak all to the value of what DeMonte Williams did tonight. Uh, but he also shut down Chase Audige for most of this game. Audige had five points on one of four field goal. And then they had to put him on Pete Nance late in the game. And Pete Nance was killing Illinois in the second half, really, for most of the game. He didn't score in the last five minutes. Um, DeMonte forced Nance into a, a, a you know, fadeaway, too, that he's hit all night. But DeMonte was able to force him into a miss. Of course, that huge putback dunk, the old man still got hops. Uh, but also free throws, hit two big free throws in the bonus there, made both of them. Um, it was a one-in-one -one opportunity too. So just winning play after winning play late. And a night Trent Frazier, Jacob Grandison struggle. Alfonso Plummer just struggled to get open because Northwestern's focused on him. Uh, just a, huge winning plays. And I know most people – most got people who listen to this, Derek, knows DeMonte Williams helps this team win. But it was just a nice reminder the last couple games of, of what he does for this team. 
Yeah, I think there's a little bit of a difference. We can talk about as we move along, Jacob Granson's struggles here of late and even Plummer at times not getting going. Those guys aren't plus defenders, I would say, or not in the same realm, obviously, as Demonte Williams. So when he can be quiet offensively, he's doing a lot of different things to, to help you win. And Pete Nance, especially when he was matched up against Kofi or Omar Payne, was extending out to three, and both those guys were getting having trouble getting a hand up or really just making him feel uncomfortable or not you know, feeling a lot of – he felt space to be able to get his three-point shot off. Against Demonte, they went to the mid-post, and he tried to turn around jumper, miss, and then he had another back-down opportunity and didn't really go anywhere with it and kicked it out, and, and it, he didn't get the ball uh, in terms of a return and, and trying to attack that matchup. So Demonte – Stood his ground there. The putback slam was humongous. When each possession, each score felt like a major win in that final eight minutes, just trying to gut every single score out uh, on a night when everything was tough. So that was big. His rebounding to, to grab one late. Uh, it, it, I just was, looked it up. Last seven and a half minutes, he had five points, four rebounds, and assist. And you talk about that great defense. Pretty good clutch moments there for DeMonte. Pretty good. And a guy that had some last year. He was hitting big threes late in games to win them. Uh, I think of Ohio last year. I think Ohio State. Uh, so a guy that's made some, some winning plays in crunch time, especially in these last two seasons. Do you want to see more production overall offensively? Yeah, more shot making, more confidence from three. Uh, I, I think that that's something that we've even talked about. Uh, but in general, he's still such a valuable, reliable veteran that showed up big time today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, Jacob Grandison is in one heck of a slump right now. I think we can safely say that. The last seven games, uh, he's averaging only seven points per game. Uh, he's shooting during that time uh, 34%, 28% from three. And right now, he's got guys eating into his minutes, which isn't too surprising, Derek. The other game against Michigan State, it was Luke Goody who stepped up. Today, um, both for Plummer and for Grandison, who were really struggling defensively. Like Illinois, early on in the second half, was not playing good defense. And Plummer and Grandison were, were two of the reasons. So they step up. Brandon Podzemski, with the highest arcing three I think I've seen this season, makes a huge one. R.J. Melendez gives Illinois some much-needed offense tonight. What did he end up with? Six points. Uh, so 11 points from those guys. But more, most importantly, gave you energy, gave you defense. And Derek, I think it says something that Brad Underwood showed trust and faith. To put those guys in in these high-leverage minutes, and those guys responded. That's, that's a huge boost. They've had three freshmen, barely any minutes, right, for most of the Big Ten play. Step up and give you quality minutes and, and huge wins in the Big Ten. Yeah, and Pods didn't even get a chance to get in until the eight-minute mark. 
you know, late in the second half. It wasn't like, oh, he showed a, a flash there in the first half, so I'm going to try to build on that. It was giving him a chance and, and, and seeing what he could do. And, yeah, for Luke to do it against Michigan State without extended minutes in the Big Ten and play 27 and make those shots that he made, then for it to be two other guys be able to step up and be very, very solid. I thought Melendez – there was the roller coaster there for moments where he, he slips and falls, but then he gets the transition dunk because I don't know if Northwestern had took a bad shot or, or there was a steal um, and, and had a, a very good pass to Pajemski on a back cut, which that was, again, where scoring was difficult. That was a different type of, of play to try to create something out of it. And, and Melinda's even said afterwards, you know, that's something they're, they're doing on the scout team. So for them to be able to translate that in a big game where Illinois could have just easily lost and bid the team that Northwestern finally breaks through and beats, those two guys were very, very key in making sure that wasn't the case. So uh, Pods had that layup when Illinois was down six, and then he hit a three when Northwestern was up five with five minutes to go. So two huge shots, and that, that's good to see. And, and I think that if those guys can build on it, that being with Goody as well, uh, that makes Illinois obviously deeper and uh, just some different options for Underwood to plug and play if some other guys are struggling in particular. Yeah, and I'm not going to go with, hey, bench Grandison, put him, you know, I I don't know if you're like, say, oh, only play him 10 minutes and play Melendez for 30. I, I'm not doing that, but it's nice to know that now Brad Underwood, if Melendez or, you know, or Grandison really struggles, you can turn to one of those guys and have a little faith, whether it's Goody, whether it's Melendez, whether it's Pods, and you can turn to those guys and maybe give you a little bit of energy because it is obvious Grandison is really struggling with confidence right now. Like He's struggling to get open, but then he's just not ready to shoot the ball. Um, and then he just really can't create much. Uh, so I thought tonight he could get going. He had some good looks off of Kofi, um, you know, entries and just wasn't able to – to really make the sh- open shots. He's not making open shots right now, but he's also doing a good job. I think he did a good job of getting Kofi the ball tonight. So Grandison did do that, but offensively, he's got he's to do something because he's not a plus on rebounding. He's not a plus defensively. So if he's not producing offense, you got to give some of these guys chances. Yeah, I think Grandison even energy-wise has been kind of questioning, not as his, at his typical level in terms of what he's given you earlier in the season. The shot-making is evaporated, and they're attacking him defensively. Uh, his, he's not the best athlete. He's not the most explosive, quick, twitchy guy. Um, RJ has more length and I think is giving you the energy right now. Luke is stronger than you would have anticipated as a freshman. He can definitely make some plays there. And all three of those freshmen, part of why you targeted those guys and wanted them is you you thought all three of them were shot makers and ability to hit from the outside. So each of those guys you feel like can get you a bucket if you need it uh, and be able to make an open shot. Uh, RJ can go to the basket, and he's really making those kind of Grandison-esque plays, cleaning up an offensive rebound and getting a putback. So that would certainly be big if, if Grandison's struggling or, say, DeMonte's not giving you anything offensively on a given night. And it would be good to see if these guys build on this and, and certainly be able to be a factor going forward. All right. Are the guys who struggled, right? Trent Frazier, six points on two of ten field goal, two of six from three. Missed some bunnies uh, in this game. He seemed to – the crowd got in his head a little bit. He airballed one, and then the crowd – got to give credit to the Northwestern crowd. Like, they got into it at points in this game. Like, it felt more 50-50 today than the 70-30 it usually is for Illinois fans here. But Trent still helped you out. Boo Booey, nine points on three of 11 field goal. One of those was late. Booey was awful tonight, in part because of Trent, mostly because of Trent. Um, so I don't worry too much about him. He's allowed an off night after what he's given this team. Uh, at least offensively. Plummer, 
I'm, he's just struggling to get open. Teams are like he's number one on the scouting report outside of Kofi, right? Like, and, and what can you do against Kofi? There's only so much you can do. They know offensively Illinois can really struggle if Alfonso Plummer gets shut down. I think that changes once Corbello gets in the game uh, because it's just harder to guard Illinois. But I don't worry too much about those two. Grandison's the one that's worrying me because this is prolonged, Derek, and we're starting to see this has been basically a month of struggles for him. So those other two I'm not as concerned about, and it's good to know you can survive without those two having great offensive nights. Right, when Curbelo comes back and starts playing at the level that he's capable of, I'm not saying that it's going to knock Plummer down in terms of the scouting report, but just another guy you have to account for. And as we were talking about Curbelo being able to force that, you got to help in some form or fashion. When you're putting Curbelo and Kofi in the ball screens, and if, if you're putting two-on-two -two basketball, those two are usually going to win. Uh, and it, it forces help off the corners, and maybe that's Plummer getting an open shot. Or Grandison, that's, I know Brad mentioned in the postgame, that really Kofi's presence alone has opened things up for Grandison, so he's hoping that Kofi becoming, getting back into the flow and being someone they can rely on is is maybe going to help help Jake out here. But yeah, he has been in a in a rut, and it's not just shot making. I think that that's when you look at it with Plummer is maybe. And I'm not saying that. I think you make a great point. It's really defensive approach by the opponents of taking Plummer away or not giving him open looks. But Grandison is kind of just energy. He makes some turnovers that are un uncharacteristic. Uh, again, uh, getting attacked defensively, that is something where you're maybe going to say, we got to play Luke more, we got to play Melendez more. There's still a lot of season left. He can figure it out, but it is something that you, you are concerned about long term. Two points, two turnovers. I will say this. This is one of his best rebounding nights. He had six rebounds tonight, also four assists. I thought he passed the ball really well, especially to Kofi, getting him some entry passes. Man, if I don't know many Northwestern fans, Derek, but if you are one, how – I mean, this has got to be the toughest year. This team is competitive every night, it feels like, except for, I think, one bull out here recently. But they just find a way to lose. Like, offensively, they just bog down. Illinois obviously had a lot to do with that. But this Northwestern team is 2-8, and eight, just two games better than Nebraska, who is winless in the Big Ten. But they're far better than Nebraska. It's just they, they bog down, and, and some of their guys don't make good decisions. Like Bowie and Adige make some, some really bad decisions. But for guys like Nance and Young, who I've, I've been really impressed with, but Illinois keeps Young scoreless. They keep uh, Roper scoreless. They keep uh, Barron scoreless. Bowie was really inefficient. Adige, five points. Um, Illinois did a heck of a job defensively, and that helps win games, right? They're ugly, but it's nice to know you, you don't have to score 75 points to, to win Big Ten games. You can, you can win these ugly ones. Yeah, I think that you would look at Northwestern's record and assume that, okay, this is probably fairly typical of their offense. They've actually, offensive efficiency-wise, they're top 50 in the country, so they've actually had some efficient nights off being able to shoot the three a little bit. They have a, a number of shooters that can go get going, and I thought Illinois did a really good job of messing with their actions. They were trying to do dribble handoffs that Illinois was really trying to blow up and didn't get back cut. Uh, there might have been one or two times all game that Illinois got back cut by Northwestern for an easy basket. So made things tough. Nance made shots. Uh, he's a very good player. But, yeah, for them to – the stat is what? Seven of their nine losses in, in league play have been by – eight points or less, I think you ran that one, and a lot are by two possessions or less, like six or less. So these have been really, really painful losses, not being able to close and, and kind of drying up offensively late. So uh, it, it's tough for Chris Collins, where I think the last four years, his win percentage in the Big Ten is something like, 
hover around 20%. It, it's been a, a really tough go, a really tough stretch. It's not a Fred Hoiberg win percentage, oh. <laughs> um, which is close to the Atlanta women's basketball coaches' oh. win percentage. But uh, it is it's bad. Like it, since 2017, they have not been very competitive. They are competitive this year, but they just don't win games. And Chris Collins' team seems to find a way to lose these. I don't know if it's just – guard play Derek scoring the basketball in the last five minutes but they just don't make the winning plays late and that's where Illinois has done this right I mean to win 22 of your last 25 games against Big Ten opponents you got to keep making plays like that even when against Michigan State you had some stops right you didn't score but you got stops today you score and you get stops in, in the closing minutes so we were wondering what the closer would be I don't know if there's an answer of one closer but they found a way as a team to find a way to do that. Tonight, Kofi Coburn, some big plays. You said Pods, obviously some big plays, uh, Melendez. But Demonte Williams was kind of your, your closer tonight in, in a multitude of ways. He certainly was. And your closing will get tested further going ahead. You know, If you're in this moment against Wisconsin or you're on the road at Indiana or Purdue, you're – you're going to need more than zero points in the last five and a half minutes against Michigan State or, or even this game. I think you did a little bit better in terms of answering in the closing moments. But uh, that is still something that you're going to have to prove. But there is something to be said for finding a way to, to just just win. Just win, baby. I know it's the line. But uh, and it makes me think of you're one of Brad. We're in this building. I, don't, I think – Northwestern managed to win in overtime without making a shot or something like that. There was just that feeling in year one of Brad. You had the, the Maryland game and the Northwestern games, your early Big Ten games. You lost both in excruciating fashion. And to flip that switch and all they do is win here recently, it seems so in terms of playing Big Ten teams, 22 out of 25 is an insane stretch and one you're going to look back on in a couple of years. So, uh, yeah, you're, you're right where you want to be, assuming Wisconsin can take care of business against Minnesota. What a marquee matchup in Champaign next week. Yeah, somebody out of the Illinois locker room today after the game told me, wish we could have that Maryland game back. But you find a way to steal the one against Michigan State and you take care of business on the road, even if it's a little bit ugly. Now it gets real, right? The front half of your Big Ten schedule was much more friendly than the back half here. Seven of your last ten games are against top 30 Ken Palm teams. Now that gives you a lot of opportunities to improve your NCAA tournament resume, right? Illinois, if they win seven of those games, like seven of their last ten games, they'll probably be top three seed in the NCAA tournament, right? Um, but you look at Wisconsin, on the flip side, seven of their last 11 games in Big Ten play, including Minnesota tomorrow, uh, are against outside the top 75 of the Ken Palm. So you think in Big Ten race here, you're starting to look at schedules in Wisconsin because they took care of business against a tough schedule and they got some breaks on the two plays and one plays. They have an opportunity to really take advantage of a schedule, right? Illinois needs to play and win through a tough schedule. Um, they've kind of won through a, a schedule they could take advantage of. Now it gets real. Wisconsin at Indiana. and Indiana, look out for them rising up the Big Ten standings at Purdue. We saw what that game was here. Northwestern, home, Rutgers on the road. Those are two games you need to win. Then at Michigan State, home against Ohio State, at Michigan, home against Penn State, home against Iowa. It gets real there, especially five of these next seven games. It gets really real. Yeah, and four of those next six all being on the road. So uh, we know that at Mackey is going to be a, an extremely huge challenge, especially the quick turnaround of going to Indiana and then playing a couple of days later uh, at Purdue. And we know the rack is a tough place, technically not the rack, Jersey Mike's Arena, whatever you want to call it. Still the rack to me. <laughs> it is. 
we're always going to hold those Corey Sanders, J- Jalen Coleman, Lance moments close to our hearts. Do you, do you th- Mav Morgan, Mav Dunks? Uh, do you think they, the Rutgers basketball fans, a huge contingent out there, that they are like Illinois fans and that they still call it the Rack and not Jersey Mike's? Like Illinois said, so it's still yeah. Assembly Hall to me, not State Farm. So. I would hope so. <laughs> I would hope there's some people out there like Illinois fans and uh, just just that darn stubborn. But um, yeah, this is gonna. Like you said, get real, a lot of quad one opportunities, resume building opportunities when you talk about being able to elevate the seed line and, and put yourself in a good position in the net rankings. But you have a much, as you, you diagram, much tougher road to winning the Big Ten than Wisconsin does. And I know that there's a big conversation when there was a three-way tie for first in the Big Ten 2019-20, Wisconsin really benefited from a, an easier schedule, and they took their business to their credit. Uh, but to, to knock them down a rung, you have an opportunity on your home floor. You don't have to go to Kohl Center this year, and that starts on Wednesday. So That's, why, that's a huge game. I mean, Wednesday is a massive game. You only get one opportunity, but you got them at home. Like, one game is going to decide this, or one game is going to decide if Illinois gets a share of it with a Wisconsin, right? Like, this is such a massive game to determine, like, who's got the advantage down the stretch. Yeah, absolutely. And Not I, to count out Purdue or Michigan State or these other teams because right. Michigan State uh, surely had a statement win today too. Yeah, and, and someone's going to have sole possession of the first place in the Big Ten after that game, uh, imagining. So I don't know that – could Michigan State still be technically in a tie, I guess, potentially because they got a, a nice win at home, a blowout win against uh, Michigan. So they're going to hang around. But when you really look at Northwest – or look at Wisconsin, their schedule – Giving them a loss would be a, a huge, huge deal. And then rolling right into that back-to-back of at Indiana at Purdue, which, I mean, if you won one of those, I mean, you'd, ex- you'd hope to wheel one, win one of those. But if you won at home against Wisconsin then one of those games, you'd feel really, really good. So uh, that is a, a huge, huge moment, one you'll look back on as you're in the last week, week and a half of the, the Big Ten title chase. And if you got that win, it, it could be the difference maker. Great stuff. For Derek Piper, I'm Jeremy Warner at Evanston, another – Huge win for Illinois. Ugly, but who cares? You just keep winning. 59-56. Illinois is atop the Big Ten standings. 8-2 and two, uh, heading into Sunday. Michigan State at 7-2. and two. Wisconsin, which plays against Minnesota on Sunday. They're at 7-2. and two. Ohio State, Purdue, uh, they're just a couple games back. Ohio State 6-2. and two, Purdue 6-3. and three. And Indiana, man, huge win today. Uh, they're at seven and four as well. So I think we got the top six. That that's the race right there. Michigan still got guard issues, so <laughs> they're they're fighting for an NCAA tournament, not a Big Ten championship most likely. So uh, it's going to get hot and heavy here down the stretch, and we'll cover the heck out of it at IlliniInquire.com. Derek's got a piece on the freshman coming up. Off something on Kofi as well as player grades. Check it all out at IlliniInquire.com. Until next time, everybody take care of each other. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you on the Atlanta Enquirer podcast. It was a very bright, shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.